Is the reward worth the risk? In other words, they would say that you need to consider the odds in life. And I think it's great advice as we look at a lot of different kinds of things. In fact, this week I, I came, did a little research on what the odds actually are. And it's no surprise that Las Vegas has the absolute worst odds that you can find. You may as well just give me your money now and just kind of save the time. But if you play roulette, for example, the casino makes 5.26% down the hatch, which just means if you're betting on a $5 table and you do 30 spins an hour and you play for four hours, you're going to walk away from the roulette table $31 poorer than when you walked up to it. Now you may say, hey, it's a great investment of time. I had a great time during those four hours. But it's still an established fact. You're not going to beat it most of the time. If you play slot machines, casinos make twice that amount, at least. And sometimes it's four times that amount. It's like putting money in a machine and saying, goodbye, have a good time, you know. The odds, of course, for the lottery are a lot worse than that. The odds are you're more likely to visit the moon than you are to win the jackpot in the lottery. In fact, you are six times more likely to be struck by lightning than to win the lottery. And if you live 10 miles away and drive to go get a Powerball ticket, you are three times more likely to be killed in an auto accident than to win the lottery. And so just if it, my advice is that there's no way you're going to win, so save your money, right? But the reality is that sometimes the odds in life are against you too. And I, I think we feel that at different times in our life. We get overwhelmed with the circumstances, with the situations that we're going through. Sometimes it feels like life is just stacked its deck against us and, and meant for us to lose. I came across this illustration by, about a gay, guy named Brian Heiss who had a day like that in Provo, Utah. First, his apartment became flooded from a broken pipe in his apartment above his. And so his manager told him to go rent a water vacuum. That's when he discovered that he had a flat tire. And so he changed it and went inside to phone a friend for help. But standing in water and grabbing the phone turned out to not be such a good idea. The electrical shot he got startled him so much that he accidentally ripped the phone off the wall. By the time he was ready to leave, water damage had swelled his door jam shut, and he had to yell for his neighbor to come kick down the door for him. While all this was going on, somebody stole Brian's car. However, it was almost out of gas, and so he found it a few blocks away. But he still had to push it to the gas station to fill it up. That evening, Brian Heiss attended a military ceremony at the, his university, and he injured himself severely when somehow he sat on the bayonet, which he had been tossed in the front seat of his car. Doctors were able to stitch up the wound, but no one was able to resuscitate Ryan's four canaries who were crushed by fallen plaster from the wet apartment ceiling. When he got back from the hospital, Brian High slipped on, a wet carp on some wet carpet and injured his tailbone. And he said to the reporter, now at his house, he said he began to wonder if God wanted to kill him, but just kept missing my question today is, have you ever had a day like that? I hope not. I hope nothing even close to that. But today I want to take a look at it, and I kind of share all those things to begin with. I want to take a look at what do you do when the odds are stacked against you? When you're overwhelmed by the problems in your life? When you feel like everything's kind of conspiring to make it a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or maybe just even a bad year? Today I want to take a look at what do you do when the odds that you face are just not in your favor? and you feel overwhelmed. You're facing insurmountable, overwhelming odds. What do you do? And it's not surprising, then, that Scripture gives us a lot of I information on that. In fact, the, the text that, that Armin read, which is long, right, but is a story, so he had to do the whole story. Um, but the text that he read actually gives some wonderful comfort for one, and some wonderful advice when you're facing those overwhelming odds. 
I mean, listen to kind of the, the beginning. I mean, the, the whole idea is that King Jehoshaphat in Israel was going to be attacked by these three enemy camps. And they were coming for him. And he, he didn't know what to do. So one of the first things the Scripture says that we should do in those kind of situations is turn first to God. So before you do anything else, you go directly to God. Before you pass go, before you collect $200, you go straight to God. You say, God, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do in this situation. The doctor just told me I have cancer. The IRS just sent me a letter saying they're going to audit all my books. My boss just said they think they're going to have to let somebody go, and he's talking only to me. You get these kind of moments in life where we get quickly overwhelmed, and so you go to God. You say, God, I'm overwhelmed with this. I don't know what to do. You ask God, what do you think about this situation? You try to get His perspective. Why is that so important? The reason is because our perspective is limited. Well, God's is not. God's is eternal. It has an eternal perspective. He can see the beginning and the end. He knows the past, the present, and the future, and He can see them all at the same time. So you need a larger picture of what's going on in your life so that you can get a sense of balance, so you can get a sense of perspective from the things that seem to be overwhelming you so much at the moment. Too often I think we use prayer as a last resort rather than a first option. I think we talked a little bit about this last week, right? Prayer is usually something we do way down the line after we've tried all the other things that are supposed to work, but they didn't work, and so now we don't know what else to do when we pray. So a friend of yours will say, I guess all we can do now is pray. Or like the elder said, is it come to that? I mean, is that the only thing that's left? And you laugh at that a little bit, but the reality is, don't we do that sometimes with prayer and with God? We try everything first, and if we can't control it, and if we can't do it, then and only then we pray. And do we pray with a lot of hope at that point? I don't know, because we've tried everything else that should work, and now it's like we're throwing that Hail Mary pass. Lots of times when we pray, we don't pray to God with a lot of confidence or a lot of trust, and that's to our shame. We go to God in a hopeless position, hoping that somehow, some way, He can answer. But God says, I want to be your first choice. Prayer needs to be your first option. And so if you want God to help you overcome the odds in any area of your life, you have to turn to Him first. Again, in this, this passage that Armin read in, in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1 and 3, it says, After the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Mennonites declared war on Jehoshaphat, he was afraid, and so he decided to ask the Lord what to do. Now notice one of Jehoshaphat's first reactions. It says he was fearful. He was afraid. And you know what? That's a normal reaction when you get those kind of pieces of news. It's quite reasonable, in fact, to get scared and get nervous and get overwhelmed. Here three enemy nations were teaming up, ganging up against him. And they were going to come and just pound him all at one time. He didn't know what to do. He just had one army. These were three huge armies. So it's normal to be afraid things that are overwhelming you right now, the problem that you have is not your fear. That's not your problem. Your problem is what are you doing with the fear? Right? When you're afraid in a situation, maybe you get yourself from the last time that you were afraid of what was going on in your life. You heard the piece of news. You, you have this situation that you don't know what to do. You feel overwhelmed. You're stressed out. The odds are against you. What do you do with that fear? Do you let fear demotivate you? Destabilize you? depress you and discourage you? Does it cause you to want to throw in the towel and say, I quit, I give up, even before the battle starts? Do you want to say, I just can't make this work, so why even try? I put forth the effort. I'm just going to lose anyway, so I'm just not even going to go into battle. I give up. The odds are stacked against me. See, I share all these things because so often this is our response. Why? Because we've tried all the things that we can think of. Because the odds are still insurmountable. Because we haven't made a dent in what we're worrying about. 
And so often, even when we pray, we pray with so little trust that we just want to give up. That we just want to quit. Because we don't think God can make a difference. We don't trust the Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth that He's interested enough or powerful enough or cares enough to help us. But God says, never let an impossible situation intimidate you. Instead, He says, I want to let it motivate you. And you start asking, well, how in the world can I let a problem in my life like that motivate you? Well, let it motivate you to pray. Let it motivate you to trust more. Let it motivate you to expect more from God than you are currently expecting. Let it motivate you to depend more on a God, a God who cares, who loves, who sent His Son to die for you. Let it motivate you to get your priorities right, to decide what's really important, to decide what's really worth doing. Let it motivate you and turn first to God. Because He's a God who cares, He's a God who loves, He's a God who is able, He is a God that has demonstrated that over and over and over, even in your life. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did, right? He headed straight for God. And then we talk to God, right? Because it's awkward if we're just turning to God and we're just staring at each other. I mean, God says, I want to talk to you. And so we begin to talk to Him. And He talked to God about your situation. For there's no problem that is too big and there's no problem that is too small for God to talk to you about. In verse 5 of Second Chronicles 20, it says this, Then King Jehoshaphat went to and stood before them, the entire nation, and he prayed aloud. And sometimes I think that's even a good thing to do, Right? Sometimes praying aloud keeps our mind focused. For example, how many times when you're praying in your head do you kind of get distracted? Okay, lots of times we pray right before bed and we just fall asleep. Right? But when you're praying in your head, it's easier to get distracted, but it doesn't happen when you pray out loud. So sometimes we just need to pray out loud to get all of our feelings out and to get all of our thoughts out before we get sidetracked. It's also important to understand that when the odds are stacked against us, that we need to pray in a certain way, in a way that's different in the way that we normally pray. And Jehoshaphat gives us a great model of the three things that we need to pray when we're feeling overwhelmed like that. In verse 6, it gives us the first one. It says this, Are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nation. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. See, one of the first things we need to do, especially when we're overwhelmed, is to remind ourselves of who God is. Because I think we forget That's why we forget that He has power. That's why we forget that He cares. It's to remind ourselves of who God is in our life. So before I talk to God about the problem, before I focus on it, I need to focus on God. And I need to remind myself that God is bigger than any problem that I'm going to face. So we say, God, You are all-powerful. Nothing is too hard for You. Because with God, is there anything too hard? No, nothing is impossible for God. And he demonstrates that over and over. You rule over all the kingdoms and all the nations, Jehoshaphat said. Here the king realizes that there's three enemy nations that are coming against them, and he stops and says, you know what, God, you're bigger than all of them. You're more powerful than all of them. You're greater than all of them. And I want to keep that in mind, that you're bigger than anything that I'm going to face in this life. And so we start by reminding ourselves of who God is, lest we forget. And then he goes on to a second thing, and he says, I need to remind myself of what he's done for me in the past. So we recall all the times when God has helped us. And if we're honest, and we look back at our lives, and we see God's answered prayers, there's actually a lot of times that God has showed up. A lot of examples, even in our lives, that we can point to. So we recall all the times that God has helped us. We remember the miracles that he's already done in our lives, and the ways that he's helped us in the past. In verse 7, Jehoshaphat says, Didn't you drive out those who lived in the land when your people arrived? And so he goes all the way back to Moses and Joshua. So I invite you to do the same things. If you can't find those things in your life, those answered prayers, go to Scripture and you'll find 
just thousands and thousands of prayers that were given and prayers that were answered. He's saying, didn't you give us this land? Didn't you drive out all those enemy nations to get us here? Didn't you do these miracles that got us here in the first place? He recalls all the ways that God had worked in the past. And he's saying, I know who you are and I know what you've done in the past. And then he just says this, I want you to do it again. I need you to do it again. And so you ask God for help now. Oh God, he says, won't you stop them? These three armies that are coming against me. How about an instant replay, Lord? A repeat of performance. I just need you to do it one more time. Do it again. Only in verse 9 he mentions three kinds of situations. Tragedies, physical needs and material needs, plagues and famines. He says, none of this is too hard for you. You've helped in the past, and so I pray do it again. His prayer is actually built around three questions. Are you not? Did you not? And will you not? Are you not God? I mean, that's the way that we need to pray when we're overwhelmed because we need to remind ourselves that the greatest power in this world is on our side. And so no matter what the situation is, you remind yourself first and foremost of who God is. You remind yourself of what He's done. And you ask God to do it again. And once you've done that, you're ready to talk to Him about the problem. And after you've talked to Him about the problem, He goes on to the third point in this text, which is this, then you trust God to help you. See, the third part of verse 12 says this, we were powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. And we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. In other words, you need to trust God to help you in those scary moments of life. You need not to focus on your own problems, but you need to focus more and more on God. And I think that's the biggest mistake we make as I talk to people about their struggles. Their focus is always on their problems. That's all we tend to see is our problems. We don't look at God. We don't put our eyes in the, into the Lord's. We, we put our eyes solely on the problems and it's no wonder that we get overwhelmed. Most people, when you say, how are they doing? They say, well, I'm pretty good, you know, under the circumstances, right? Well, what are you doing under the circumstances? I mean, who put you there? You see, circumstances are kind of like the mattress on your bed. When you're laying on top of it, you rest nice and easy. When you're underneath it, you're going to suffocate. And that's the way we feel lots of times when we get overwhelmed. You're under the circumstances. Who put you there? It's what we're focusing on that puts us there. If you've been around St. Mark for very, many, for very long, you've heard me say at least a half dozen times this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes by Corey Tenenbaum, and it goes like this. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. And that's true. We watch the news and we get anxious, right? If you look within, you'll be depressed. In fact, most Christian counselors, most counselors out there will say one of the biggest reasons we get depressed is all we do is we're looking at our belly button. It's hard to have a perspective. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. See, it all depends on what you have your eyes on. And so I ask you, what are you focusing on right now? If you're discouraged, I can tell you one thing. It's not. It's not God. Because it's impossible to focus on God and be discouraged at the same time. Why? Because you knew who, know who He is. Because you know what He's done. And because you believe truly that He can help you again. And when you trust Him in this way, notice the difference. Notice God's response in verse 15. It says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours but God's. God just says, relax and trust me to help you. And when Christians act the way they ought, the world takes notice. When the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord Himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, for that's what God does when we trust Him, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for God had given him rest on every side. 
wouldn't you like that? Rest on every side. Peace in your life on every side. Living in rest on the family side, on the career side, on the financial side, on the social side, on the physical side, on the sexual side. To have peace on every side, wouldn't that be awesome? To just have peace on every part of your life. And so you start asking, well, how do I get there? They've got to take these steps. It's the only way that you're ever going to get to this place called peace. And when you allow God to solve your problems like He promises, it becomes a testimony to unbelievers. And the world takes notice when Christians live by faith, when Christians believe God to do things, and He does them. For God demonstrates His power over and over in those who believe Him to act. And then the world sees Him act. So you're facing a difficult circumstance this week. You feel like the odds are against you. You think that the problem is overwhelming. What do you do? You turn to God. The God who loves you. The God who forgives you. The God that defends you. You see, our biggest struggle as we walk through this earth is trusting God. You hear me say that over and over. When we get overwhelmed, it's because we've lost perspective. Because we cease to trust. Because we get scared. God says, just look to me. I know that I am able. And all God's people say, Amen. Please rest.